Lucas, don't you just wish you could, like, take a day off of work? You're not sick, you're not, like, ill or anything like that. You just still get paid, take a day off, and nothing really happens? Yeah, pretty much every day. Yeah, that would be amazing. Hey, what's up? I'm Lucas. I'm here with... Yeah, I'm Sam. This is The Break. Um, Those of you who are new with sports podcasts, we'll go over some interesting topics that we want to talk about for a little bit weekly, out every Monday. Um, Yeah, this week we're going into NBA stars, load management. We'll get into the schedule, uh, the NBA schedule in a little bit. Uh, We're excited. Um, Let's kick things off, Lucas. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, so... I think, for the sake of, of debate, we're just going to say Kawhi Leonard, top three player in the NBA, Yep. because it goes back and forth. People will argue whatever yeah, number, yeah. Um, is taking games off. He, he sat out a game against the Bucks, which a game, Giannis versus Kawhi, it's a huge game. Right. Fans want to go see it. People want to see it even watching at home, yep. just because it's a big game. That's a potential you know, matchup in the finals. That Absolutely. could be a, a major uh, a yep. matchup there. And when he sits out a game like that, when he's totally healthy... You know, you have to wonder, is this a waste when it comes to uh, games just watching? Nobody wants to watch a game if Kawhi Leonard is sitting out because they want to see that those two go at it. Right. And you both know, of them, both of them, they're attractions now. You go to games that you go to Clippers games or you watch Clippers games, even if they're playing a team like the Grizzlies, who has no one really exciting to watch. You you want to see Kawhi Leonard, and it only is amplified when they're playing a team like the Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo. You want to see Kawhi and Giannis go at it. And so it's tough to see. Um, Kawhi, we know he kind of made a little bit of an agreement with the Clippers when he signed this past uh, offseason in free agency. He said, I'm playing 65 games. There's 82 in the schedule. What do you make of that? I I don't know. I mean, when you're that valuable to your company, which a team is a company, and right. they're paying them based on their value right. and how well they think they can... that person can bring them to a championship how many games they can win i think he has so much leverage that he's able to say right i'm playing 65 games you're paying me what i want and i'm playing that many games right. but i think that the issue is you shouldn't be getting paid for 82 games for only playing 65 Fair. i mean they're out there there are guys who are less valuable getting paid to play that many games and i mean when it comes down to it contracts are so there's such a big discrepancy in who gets paid what and how much they make based on their value. So if the Clippers value him at his contract for 65 games, I mean, I get that. Right. I think that having that stipulation before you start, when you sign the paper, if they know that's what they're going to get, that's different. But there's guys who are out there who are now seeing this, and it worries me that they're going to look at that and say, well, I want to I wanna be healthy. I mean, I am healthy now, but I don't want to get hurt. What if I get injured tonight's game? And you have guys sitting more games out. Right. No, I, I totally get that. And um, part of the argument that I that I understand uh, from the player's perspective, especially a guy like Kawhi, is, look, we're going to be playing deep into the playoffs. That's a lot of extra games at the tail end of the season when your body's beat, you're tired. You know, you want to stay fresh for that. And so I understand it more late in the season when you have the one or two seed locked up. You're playing, I, I don't know, the... I'll go back to the Grizzlies. You're playing the Grizzlies on a Tuesday night. You just traveled to Memphis. You're not feeling like it. You know you have big playoff games coming up in a week or two. That I understand. 
This was like the seventh or eighth game of the Clippers season. Yeah, that's that's the problem that I have with it too. Right. It, it's not these. It's not garbage time games. You. It's not like you say. I know we're gonna win sixty games this season. I know we're right. gonna be a top seed. I know we're guaranteed to play this opponent or one of these opponents in the playoffs. Yeah. This game doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you're early in the season. And yeah. I think regardless if Kawhi sits or he doesn't, obviously these Clippers are going to go a long way. Right. And Without I think, Kawhi, they were fine. I think he's right. still the star. Though. I think this is Kawhi's logic is if I sit like early in the season every so often, I'll be fresh to give you another performance like I just gave the Raptors in the finals last year. He starred. He looked fresh. He looked amazing for seven games in that series, you know, and, and throughout the entire Eastern Conference. So maybe or the Eastern Conference playoffs. So maybe it did pay off for him. And uh, maybe we'll see come April, May, June of next year. You know what? Maybe he was smart for taking some games off early in the year. But in our in our minds, the short-term satisfaction, it sucks to tune into a Bucks clippers game that we are only going to see maybe one more time this regular season. I'm not sure. I think that's how the schedule works. And the only other time we might potentially see Kawhi versus Giannis one of the best defenders in the league, one of the most physically imposing players in the league, go head-to-head, and we just didn't get to see it because Kawhi was sitting out for nothing? For I mean, they they say load management, which is just a fancy way of saying, I don't want to play today because what if I get hurt? Right. I mean, and the, the number, like the 65, having that set number to me almost seems worse because when you're setting aside, like, I need to play this many games as if, that 66th game is what puts you over. Yeah. It just it, it seems it just seems kind of ridiculous to me. Like if, yeah. if you and, say and if you have a stint of games, you're like we've had a long two weeks. We've been on the road a lot. We've played the Rockets and the Bucks and the Lakers. They have like a bunch of hard opponents. Right, and now you're going up I against uh, like a low level Western Conference team. I understand being like, hey, I'm gonna sit this one out. We're still gonna win by 20. Yeah, you know we have a better team than them. Straight up, we're on the road. I just played two games in the past four days. Yeah. I get that, but a murky matchup against the Bucks in the first ten games of the yeah, season exactly, too. In the first 10 and if games. I'm quiet, I want to go out there and I want to set the tone. That's understandable. Like, I, I for mean, sure. if he's the best player in the league, he should be wanting to go out there and proving he's the best player in the league. Now, for obviously, sure. Kawhi Leonard doesn't care about that. Yeah. But I do think that when you're on a team, you want to set that precedent. You want to put the fear into other teams that, like, yeah, we're legit. Like we're better than this team that might potentially be the number one contender yep. behind us for that championship. Right. And if, when you're playing a team with the Bucks, you, you just have to come out there, you have to perform. If he did this against the Hornets, I wouldn't right. care. Right. It's like, well, whatever. This game doesn't yeah. matter. He knows he can go out there and score 30 points if he wants to. It's right. whatever. Right. But, I mean, this and is... And it's another thing, to too, because Paul George isn't back yet. I mean, he's coming back soon, but... Against the Bucks, an elite Eastern Conference team, yeah, and you don't quite have Paul George back yet. You you're not running the show. The Clippers are an amazing team. Don't get me wrong, but he's their story right now. That's a big game in the season. That's a big test to see if these Clippers are legit or also are these Bucks legit. But now we don't get to quite see that because now we see the Clippers without Kawhi and the Bucks against the Clippers team without Kawhi and Paul George. So part of me sees, like, I, I see both sides. I see the player's argument. But as a fan, it's frustrating. This early in the season, I just was looking forward to a good Clippers-Bucks oh, game yeah. to just see just how good is Kawhi, just how good is the former or the reigning MVP Giannis, you know. 
what would happen in that matchup early this season. Yeah, and I mean, obviously it's a big deal. The the result's a big deal anyway. I mean, the the Clippers coming out and performing like that without him is a huge deal. Mm. Um, but moving on later in the season with Paul George coming back, I am a little worried to see how they both do load management because Paul yeah, George right. has two big injuries right. that he's, he's coming off of. Getting over injuries. And he's a guy who throughout his career has had injuries repeatedly. Right. And same with, I mean, Kawhi, not even with injuries, just he has, what, only two seasons in his career with over 70 games, 75 games? Yeah, I mean, he's not known to play a full 82. Which is why, you know, I, I part of me thinks, like, all right, this isn't a big deal that he's right. doing this, Maybe. but he is the guy leading this team right. healthy, for the first time that we're really seeing it that way right. with the, the Spurs, it didn't really feel like he was leading them. Right. But now he's that veteran leader He's presence. the guy, and and it's it's interesting because he hasn't been an 82-game-a-year guy, but most of that, I feel like, has been chalked up to injury. So I, I get his mentality. It's just so tough to see that so early in the season. It seems early for it, does it not? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That, it, that's the problem with it. Like, I feel opinion. like the season started yesterday. Obviously, we're into it now, but time flies. And I feel like, wow, you just started the season. You're coming off of a ridiculous finals performance. You're held as one of the top one, two, or three players in the NBA against another top player in the NBA, and Giannis, reigning MVP. And you're just going to take it off? Yeah. But you'll go play the Hornets? On a Tuesday night, like I, that's what I, I think you need to pick and choose your spots. I think you need to be a little bit smarter about it. I don't know if that was the best decision, and maybe I'm just sour grapes, yeah, just blowing smoke because I'm a fan who was looking forward to watching him play. That's how I think everybody feels, but I think looking forward, what's the solution to this load management problem? Is yeah. it the schedule? Is it the number of games? Is it the amount of time that they have to play games? Right. Obviously, with the player first. Uh, commissioner like adam silver mm -hmm. we're going to see you know no more back-to-backs we're gonna see steps taken to right. prevent these problems but right. which time, i think is a very good move oh yeah definitely I'm i definitely I love adam that. silver and everything he's done as a yeah, commissioner as but i mean what is the solution in the long run for load management 100 percent. and you know i hope or i wonder if players are gonna take the same thing as Kawhi. And I think if more and more players start buying into this load management and and this is going to help me towards the end of the season, towards the playoffs especially, if that's gonna, if we're going to have any changes to that, and with a very player-friendly commissioner in Adam Silver, is he going to come down on load management? Is he going to make steps to make load management not a thing that still is proactive in helping players be healthy for the playoffs? when the NBA gets the most ratings, or are we going to leave everything the same and let the fans be disappointed? The players don't seem too happy. Just like what's going to happen from here is what I'm really wondering about. So, I mean, obviously the option there is to shorten the season. Yeah. But I think one thing that people aren't taking into account is, again, they're getting paid for 82 games. Yeah. If this season gets shortened... That means ESPN gets less games. It yep. means TNT gets less yeah. games. That means that NBA League Pass guys that's less games. Yep. So it's, when it's that less next, money all around. When that CBA comes in and, yep. and they got to do the TV 100 percent true. Those contracts are going to go down and players aren't going to want that. So I think that the only solution that seems pro player shortening the season 
is going to end up hurting the players anyway or hurting yeah. their, their bottom dollar. No, I agree with that because initially I was like, oh, just shorten the season. 60 games now. What right. do those 20 games matter? You know the best teams by 60 games into the year, at least I think. And that's something that I failed to realize at first is ESPN, TNT, Turner Broadcasting, all that, they pay a lot of money yeah. to the NBA. And that that money goes back in the players' pockets, which is ultimately what the players want. Yeah. Yes, they want time off. Yes, they want safety. Yes, they want to be fresh come April, May, June. But ultimately, they want money. Yeah. And I can't fault them for that. I want them to get paid as well. It's just shortening the season might not be the best way around it. So what if we keep making steps? Or what if we start the season sooner? Less of an off season, start the season sooner, maybe drag the season out a little bit more. I don't know if fans would like that, but... It would give players a reason to not have to play back-to-backs. It would give more time for travel, more time for rest. Right. I've I've long stood by that, so I don't like the idea of shortening the season. Um, I'm a big historic person, too, so for me, it just... I like to compare, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, yeah. that's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should have a ton of effect on the actual decision, but for me, it sucks to be like, okay, well... The Warriors will forever have that best season, like right, right. you know no, stuff like fair. that, and yeah. and and historic all time points and assists matters yeah. to me. That's fair. So that's, that that matters to a lot of people yeah, too. That's a personal thing, and I think that's that's a big deal when you shorten the season. Yeah, and for then, for stat junkies, uh, stats like well, obviously total stats in the season go down, but career. points per game and in career goes down, but points per game, assists per game, those things can be inflated if you're playing twenty less games. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. So it's. It's a tough, it's a it's a multi-layered thing that is what people don't realize, I think. Is, yeah, shorten the season, but then there's less money. Lengthen the season, perhaps there's loss of interest. Perhaps there's, wow, this season's been lasting forever. Just make, get me to the playoffs already. I don't know what the solution is. It's tough, um, but there's plenty of things I think they can do. I think if you're going to make the season longer, not game-wise, but amount of time-wise... Now's the time to do it because, as we've seen in sports media, the NBA is a and, and the NFL same, mm-hmm. but mostly the NBA is a three hundred and sixty-five day season. Yeah, people absolutely. are paying attention to the NBA. We are watching Ben Simmons shoot threes in the middle right, of the summer. Right. We are listening in on everything. We want details of Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder years ago right. on a random July day. Like right. that's the NBA now. So I think the off season. It's it's too long. I mean, every player is making their decisions right away. It's not That's like fair. free we kind of yeah, we kind of know matters. the the free agent decisions by like July. Exactly, and and there's no reason for us to sit there and say well, we need this long off season when players are still playing, they're yeah. still working, they still have Olympic stuff, they're still performing, yeah. and there is there is a route where we shorten the preseason, we move it back a few weeks by shortening the different periods with free agency signings and other aspects of, of the offseason we don't think about with, right. with different rookie stuff like Just that. Just little adjustments yeah, through and through you, could, you take could make that, a big difference. A huge difference. And you can move all of this back and I mean, you can save yourself two, three weeks, Absolutely. especially by taking out that preseason or making it way shorter. Yeah, And then you might only have an NBA game. Teams might only play every few days. Right. Because we have that much extra time. Right. You can still play 82 games. Players might still do load management, 
But if you're only doing load management five times a season, right? On like those, like you might have exactly like, those games against the Hornets that nobody yeah, really cares about. In this theoretical uh, season, you might only have three games in a week, and that might be a long week. And you mm-hmm. might say, "Well, I have three games. I'm playing the Lakers on Monday. I play the Hornets on Tuesday or Wednesday, right? And then I have to play." The Bucks on Friday, it's like, okay, right. well, that I'll makes take, sense. I'll take the Hornets take, game Take off. that day yeah. off because you want to be ready for those big games. Absolutely. I don't think that that's a bad option. I think, in my opinion, that's the way that we can we can keep those games. They're still getting yeah. paid. The companies are happy in the TV deals. The players yeah, are happy because they're getting, they're getting all their money. Yeah. The fans are happy because they're seeing these teams play. Right. And the way you work out your schedule, you can set it up so that teams just aren't playing on the same days. Absolutely. You can yeah, still you can have basketball That's more revenue every for, single day. For each team, too. And one thing I think the NBA could benefit on, it's, it's already a 365-day-a-year type of a, a league. Yeah. Like, we're always talking about it. But it, you can capitalize on that. Because I've always argued that the 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 seasons in the NBA, at, in terms of ranking them, go playoffs, off season, regular season. Yeah, I enjoy the regular season, but the off season is riveting. It's exciting. That's where all the drama happens. And, where all the stories and, come out. And but honestly, the off season ends first week of July. We get nothing. We get summer league, but even that's you know whatever it is. And then you don't get the 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 kickoff of the season till what September? Yeah. And October maybe I don't even know. And so that's a little bit of a dead time where the NBA, realistically, especially in the day of age with social media, technology, TV shows, so many TV shows now talking about NBA all the time, make it 365 days a year, capitalize that from a business perspective, lengthen out the regular season, which has people's attention all year long, and and capitalize on a short, polarizing offseason with all the free agency and the summer league games and everything like that, the draft, super exciting all the way through. And I think you have yourself a business model that just never quits. Yeah. It's always going. It, it, is, it is a machine that runs itself with yeah. the way that basketball works. I mean, players in basketball, in, in the history of basketball, are always the top of political issues. They're always right. in the head and fashion. They're always right. the most entertaining. They're flashy. They're polarizing. They're, they're stars. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're stars, more so than... Most football players yeah. or hockey players or soccer players, even though like football's a way bigger sport, I mean they have a the, helmet on, they have face masks. You know, with the you exception of guys like Pat Mahomes or Odell right. Beckham's, most right. guys aren't going to be as big as even some of your lower level star basketball players. Right, and yeah, because you don't see their faces, you don't see their personalities, they don't have all the the focus on their shoe deals and all right. the fun stuff. So right. I think the NBA can afford to stretch their season out more. And yeah. still see the results of and if anything, more if anything, that's more pro player than how it's set up right now. And the NBA is moving more and more pro player with Adam Silver, who is one hundred percent for the player. Yeah, and that's a good thing. I think it's it's good in today's day and age with social media and and kids looking up to these NBA stars. Let's treat them well. Let's say here's what you can aim for as a young basketball player, and you never know. You know, it's a good way to look up to, to, to stars like that. And I, I agree with Adam Silver looking on from the history of NBA commissioners being so pro player. Right. We we have to de- design things in a way that says, all right, he's going to keep his pro player look. He's going to stay that commissioner, that guy. But at the same time, we have to make sure we don't lose this 
huge growth and in interest in the league. Right. Because so many people want to watch the NBA now. It it it's just blown up. It's yeah. it's massive. And I think lengthening the schedule though gives more people more opportunities to watch. Yeah, there's more time. If you spread those games out, you can make sure that there aren't teams playing on the same days right. in different games. You can right. you can do so much with that. There's more mm-hmm. time for stories to develop. There's more time for players to be stars too. Because remember, if they have more time, LeBron can be making more movies. He can do more with his right. business. More you time, can... more rest, less injuries. Then your star players are playing more. Yeah, the They're players getting are more exposure. More. They're getting more deals, more TV time, more money. And the fans are happy because they get to go to games and see LeBron play, see Kawhi play, see Giannis play. And now sometimes, you know, if I... I'm I'm from Philadelphia. If I go to a Sixers game, I may not see Embiid play, because they tend to rest him a lot. Which, as a fan, I like, because I I want him to be healthy when we need him. But I wish we could have a a lengthened out schedule, where every now and then I pick my spots, I watch a Sixers game, and I get to see Embiid play. And when Simmons healthy, I get to see him play. So it would it I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, and and I think that's the way that you can kind of make everybody happy i think shortening the season that mean that means more rest time more downtime in the off season right which to me makes it more boring it, it means less talking about the league because the off right. season's fun in the beginning oh yeah the beginning of the off season is a heck of a ride yeah every and then single year the rest of the off season is carried by the narrative set in the beginning and yep. little things that pop up and why not why not take advantage of somewhat of a dead time if you push your start of your season ahead a month, you have nothing but MLB going on. Yeah. I mean, really. Which, the fan bases there, I don't think, conflict a ton oh. in baseball and basketball. Right. Right. Where you would have to worry about saying, oh man, we're losing viewers because of baseball. Right. I think that's one of those sports where they can they can run at the same time oh, and it's not going to conflict. Absolutely. And then, you know, you keep your popularity up. The stars, it's a star driven league. As long as the stars are playing, they're going to keep being watched even into the late months. I mean, as the NBA season is now, January, February, we're still watching these NBA players because they're stars, because oh, they're yeah. insanely fun to watch. So I think, I think that's a great idea. And honestly, I think it's better than shortening a schedule up. But I think one drawback that, that players are going to not, maybe not like about it, is the shortened off season and the time where they like to go out on their vacations, take their trips, film their movies, work their deals, promote themselves more as a brand than anything else. Well, I mean, I think we can flip that back to the best case study for almost any time you talk about an NBA player, LeBron James. Right. Because he's made time for now Space Jam 2. He makes time for all the times with his family. We see Taco Tuesday. Oh, yeah. He's on social media. He's posting workout videos. He's going on vacation. He's going to his kids' games. He's coaching his kids' games. He's working out with his team. He's spending time with young players. He's hanging out with Anthony Davis. I mean, if that's, you know, arguably the best player in the world, or that's the biggest star in the NBA, I don't think anybody's going to argue that another player is a bigger business right. and a bigger now, brand now, than one him. counterpoint to that is I would say he lives in L.A. He right. plays in L.A. Not everyone has that luxury. Carl Anthony Towns is stuck in Minneapolis right now. That's fair. Nothing against Minneapolis. He can't go film a movie January, February, March in Minneapolis. He can't go outside and promote his brand and, 
and, and do all that stuff. You know, it's harder. It's it's cold. It's windy. You got games to go to. You got stuff to worry about. In L.A., it's lush. It's comfortable. The weather's always nice. You're surrounded by stars. You're surrounded by people making your brand bigger, which is why I love the move to L.A. for LeBron. Now, that's a different point for a different day. But I think LeBron has it a little bit easier. I think he was smart for moving there. Yeah. And I think he makes a lot of time, but he's a busy man. I think players would, as a consensus, not like shortening their off-seasons. I think they just enjoy them. But I think that there's more to that. The idea that you have more days in between games and that's spread out, that allows guys to do stuff during the weeks when their season is stressful still, obviously. Even if you right. think the season will always be stressful, you're thinking about playoffs and championships and stats right. and who is competing with who. Right. And media narratives get in their head. Yep. But if you have those days off, you have more days to interact. And even in your markets. Now, look at James Harden. You know, Houston's obviously still a big market. It's yep. no LA. It's no New York. But it's a big market. Big market. Fair and weather as well. He's, he's like working with, you know, the MLS team there. He's yep. involved in baseball there. You know, there are still opportunities in most NBA cities and in surrounding cities near them where players can get involved. And when you have these days off to work with your marketing team, to work with your brand partners, to work out deals and to shoot commercials and to interact and plan ahead, I think that that shortened off season isn't going to look as bad, especially when a lot of the off season is just for the really young guys. This a lot true. of it is rookie training camps. We're trying to see where these first and second round picks are going. We're trying to see who's worth it from the summer league and what played out there. Right. And a lot of the NBA guys who are getting older, for them it's just working out with the team, the usual stuff. Yeah. Things that you can do, not with your team, but yeah, they you get can into, work out you know, your own. In three, four years in the league, you find your rhythm, I think. You, yeah. You know what you need to do to prepare for a season. You know what you need to do to get over your last season and, and make sure you're ready for this upcoming grind of a season that you're going to have. And now everyone would say how much of a grind the NBA season is. Perhaps lengthening out the time that we have to play all 82 games makes it less of a grind. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's something that, I mean, we think, I think we're on the same page, the NBA should maybe consider it. I think it could be a good business model. I think it could be pro-player. I think the players would like it for the most part. There's some drawbacks, uh, like the shortened offseason and stuff like that. From a fan's perspective, I don't think that's an issue. From a player's perspective, I understand it. But, uh... You know, we'll have to see if any of this even happens. What do you think the chances are that they even take a look at this? So I think it's going to be the big story from the league in the next few years. So with the NFL, we had the big story of the kneeling problem. And right. we talked about that. We have concussions. Right. Right. Those are their problems. The NBA doesn't really have a marquee issue. Right. Which and is I think, generally good for Yeah, because Adam Silver has done a great job yeah, I know, making sure his players are happy. And the players are the most outspoken people in the yep. league. And I think this is that one issue where the players are going to have problems with it come that CBA mm -hmm. when the Players Association says, look, guys, we're going to get a smaller pay cut here. And when ESPN and TNT are saying to NBA, we're not going to give you as much money. Right. And the NBA is going to turn around and say, hey, guys, let's figure this out. Right. And their options really are just deal with it, which I don't think is going to work. I don't right. think the fans like it. I, don't think, the I think tension's like building from many different angles It is. There. And, and you see it in the media. You see it everywhere right. among NBA fans. And 
then they're going to have to say, well, do you guys want to lose money or yeah. maybe lose a month out of your off season That's that exactly you could be on thing. vacation? I Maybe it's just me. I think that the money is more worth it and the time yep. and having those extra opportunities during the season, it's worth losing that month. I mean, I'm a student right now at, at a university. I would take another week of school if I could take an easier schedule on. Right. Space things out. Have more time, get more work done. I think I would, or same amount of work done, more time to do it. I think I would come to school a little bit earlier. I think I'd, I'd come to school two weeks early. You get a more productive, you, uh, you work better when you have more time right. for everything. And I think that definitely applies to athletics. Yeah, if absolutely. You're that season absolutely. Out, you're stressing them out less, your body hurts right. less, your career goes longer, your pay isn't touched. You don't have to worry about traveling somewhere, getting off the plane after a three-hour, four-hour plane ride or, or a five-hour bus ride and playing right away. Exactly. You can get in town, rest, get a good, nice little practice in, and then you can go play. Yeah. And it's just less of a grind, I think at least, and I think that's the way to go. Let's lengthen out the time that we have to play the same 82 games, keep the TV deals the same, keep the money going into the players' pockets, I think that's the way we go around and deal with this load management situation. Yeah, and I, I think in the next few years for sure, we're going to see Adam Silver address that issue and the NBA as a whole look forward to fixing that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all the time we have right now, but uh, thanks again for listening every Monday. I'm Sam. And I'm Lucas. Thank you so much for listening. And this has been The Break.